This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hom Saram to our listeners. Welcome to Saturday News number 899. And today we'll be hearing a discussion that took place in Prasanthi on the topic of how to deal with stress. And it is presented by Brother Amai and Bishu of Prasanthi. As you know, they are ex-students. So I am Gulab Bilimoria and I offer my most loving and humble pranams at Lord's feet of Abhilipad Bhagwan, Sri Satasai Baba. So before we uh, get into this thing, maybe we should hear one uh, Ganesh Bhajan. But there are some tips that I would like to share with you. Uh, for example, the tips are live within your budget. Have backups. Keep mouth shut. Do something for the kids in you every day. Carry a book with you to read while waiting in line. Get enough exercise. Eat right. Get organized so everything has its place and everything is in its place. While driving, listen to some good bhajans that can help improve your quality of life. Write a daily journal. Put your thoughts and inspirations down. Every day, find a time to be alone and silent. Having problems? Call on Baba immediately. Try to nip small problems in the butt. Don't wait until it's time to go to bed. Try and pray. Make friends with godly people. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, as I said before, let's hear uh, Ganesh Bhajan and, and then we'll hear from uh, Pradhamme and Bushu on the topic of how to deal with stress. As you know, this is part two. Jaya, 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 hey,
Swami himself has given this formula and he has given it so sweetly, so beautifully. So, uh, I think we should uh, uh, listen to Bhagwan, isn't it, Amit? Absolutely. And so, this is, this is a beautiful clipping from a discourse given in Kodaikinal in 1991, uh, in which Swami in fact tells us how we can get this piece, what is the uh, exact solution to it. And having once heard it from Swami, let's dive deeper into what are, what are those points that Swami is telling us. So, let us listen with rapt attention to Bhagwan. This is a cloth. This is a cloth. But this is not the cloth. It is nothing but bundle of threads. It is not threads. It is cotton. First it was cotton. Then it became thread. And finally it became a cloth. Without cotton there is no thread. Without thread, there is no cloth. Thought is like the cotton. Desires are the threads. Mind is like the cloth. Mind is nothing but a bundle of desires. If you want to destroy the cloth, you have to remove the threads one by one. If you reduce the desires gradually, there will not be any mind at all. If you travel with less luggage, it is very comfortable. Life is like a long journey. Desires are the luggage. If you reduce the luggage, our travel will be very comfortable. We have too many desires, too much desires. This is very bad. The more desires we have, the more restlessness we develop. When we reduce the desires and attachments, we will get peace of mind. Many people keep saying, I want peace of mind. I want peace of mind. I want peace, they say. How many words are there? I want peace is three words. The sentence has three words. I want peace. There are three words. I want peace. I is ego. Want is desire. Remove it. Peace is there. <laughs> From these three words, if you remove the two words, I, which is ego, want, which is desire, then you are left with only peace. You want a book from Swami. Swami sends it by a parcel. But when it is sent by parcel, how do you get the book? If you remove the outer covering of the parcel, you get the book. 
ఈ యొక్క without removing the outer covering of the parcel how can you get the book the piece is given to you in a parcel so this piece is packed in two things i with the ego and want with the desire so if you remove the ego and desire you naturally get the peace that is what is peace so that is what is peace bhagwan gives that uh, formula i think all of us have heard this also many times this is nothing new but every time you listen to it you feel that we have to contemplate on it deeper and deeper i want some says remove want and that's what we are saying don't say i want this looking at the world the moment you are saying want that is desire as bhagwan is saying yes. and i removing <clears throat> that i saying okay i accomplish this i achieve this i can do this i will be able to get this done you know that whole feeling of uh, ego and i think v- very simply ego is uh, just identification with this body mind absolutely yes yes in fact you know ame as you say this uh, is reminded of uh, this little story that bhagwan used to say this person who lost uh, an object he lost it inside the house and after some time you know he was searching for it searching for it and uh, he went out and uh, he started looking for it there was a lamp post and uh, so there he started searching and a person comes and says that you know what are you searching and he says no i lost this object where did you lose it and i lost it inside the house you lost it inside the house why are you searching outside i mean what is this what is this you know are you out of your mind he said yeah i lost it inside but inside there is no light you know the lamp post is here light is here so i'm searching here <laughs> I mean see you know it's the classic story it's yes. a classic story you know we laugh at it you know we feel how foolish that person is but i feel you know if we think deeper inadvertently we are also in the same uh, way trying to search for something that we lost inside outside isn't it we, because we are feeling there there is light we are not discovering the light with it yeah in fact because we have lost peace of mind and our mind is within us yes. and our mind is not outside of us absolutely right and so it is all about finding that peace within our mind yes. which is pretty much the solution to getting rid of all the stress and the mind as you brought out it is that most powerful instrument that bhagwan has given us exactly which will help us to go within exactly in fact as swami would often say in his discourse mana eva manushyanam karanam bandha mokshayo it is mind alone that is responsible for our bondage as well as as our sorrow or our uh, liberation so the problem what is the problem with this mind you know I, we all know that yes i you know completely agree with bhagwan on this and then swami goes on to explain that this mind you know which is our best infrastructure that we have to deal with anything right for everything we use our mind but from time to time just like the smartphones that we have got and you know some bug enters it or you know some bug enters the software similarly there are three kinds of bugs that uh, taint our mind or give problem uh, to our mind and these need to be debugged if we can use yeah. the software language for it mm. so swami in fact very beautifully gives us the categories for these three bugs or you know the larger uh, buckets in which all our problems happen so let's really think about it because that is where we are going to go to 
in uh, you know in when swami says remove want remove huh. i hmm. and you will have peace so how do we actually reach there so swami says that there are three issues with the mind one is mala the second is vikshepa and the third is avarna so what is mala swami gives the example of uh, a mirror so you want to see and he he uh, he gives the simile of the mirror to the mind of man so if you want to see a reflection of yours in in the mirror but if there is a layer of dust on top of the mirror will you be able to see your reflection no and therefore you will have to remove that and that is nothing but mala and that can be done through sacred work through all the time taking up seva or selfless selfless service, service. that's right so selfless service is the uh, is the solution for removing mala as bhagwan says uh, to remove vikshepa vikshepa is nothing but the wavering nature of mind so you, you, you take the same example of the mirror if the mirror was all the time shaking will you be able to see or focus on your reflection once again no so you need to steady the mind and for that you namasmarana japa which is the same and dhyana these are the solutions to reduce the waveringness waveredness of the mind and the third is avarna which is nothing but what if the mirror is covered with a cloth if it's covered with a cloth once again you will not be able to see your reflection and that can happen only through jnana or knowledge or wisdom so if these are the three issues of the mind and we know swami has even given us the solution which is for mala to remove mala it is selfless service to remove vikshepa it is japa and dhyana and uh, for removing avarna it is the getting of knowledge we all know about uh, the amount of uh, importance swami gave to selfless service and that in itself is a huge another huge topic that we probably will deal with another day maybe in another satsang what we would like to do in today's and in the uh, the coming weeks satsang is we would like to focus on this vikshepa which is the how to remove the waywardness of the mind through japa and through dhyana yeah and in fact you know bhagwan very emphatically states in the dhyana vahini swami says the chief purpose of dharana and dhyana is to minimize the travels of the mind and force it to stay in one place holding it on to that fixed stage one should continue sadhana for a long time and in fact the beautiful promise that gives swami gives is there is no limit no limit to the joy and peace that one can have once you are on to the path of dhyana japa sahita dhyana as bhagwan used to say and uh, ame i feel that it is really swami's uh, design it is his will that we are uh, recording this satsang on the day bhagwan installed the meditation tree wow. which is the symbol of inspiration for us to take on to this path of uh, dhyana way back in 1959 in the month of april when bhagwan was on the sands of chitravati swami took a little sand and made it into a mound and when he made that mound there's always expectation in people's uh, uh, minds what is going to come out because those were the leela 
uh, days of Bhagwan. Every time he would bring out something, it could be an idol, it could be a sweet, it could be anything. But every time it was a beautiful surprise. And that pleasant uh, evening, Bhagwan removed from the sands this dazzling copper plate, 10 inches by 15 inches. And Swami said that in the earlier times, ancient sages and saints, even Buddha, they used to look for energized places for their sadhana. Buddha used to have the Bodhi tree. And Swami said, this copper plate is a sasana. This is to be installed under such a tree so that when people sit under the shade of such a tree, then they'll be able to subdue their mind and achieve greater concentration. And on June 29th, 1959, this very day, June 29th, Bhagwan installed this copper plate and on that day, Swami made this declaration, in times to come, the power that is invested here will draw yogis and spiritual aspirants who have attained a certain level of spiritual attainment to Prashanti Nilayam. And Swami says, this mysterious force will pull people, will pull people from all over the globe to experience the peace that is Prashanti. So in fact, how blessed we are that Swami has actually given us a beautiful symbol. But is it possible that everyone can actually come here? And does it mean that only when we sit under the Vatavriksha, Will we be able to, you know, meditate? What Swami has always been telling us, in fact, what we have so far even been talking about is, it is not an external place. Yes. But Vatavriksha, in fact, symbolizes what we need to construct for ourselves. There must be a Vatavriksha in each and every one of our minds, in each one of our hearts, where we will be able to sit and we will be able to subdue that. So I think in many ways, the Vatavriksha stands for the symbol of a forest. Typically, when we look at a tree, it stands for a forest. And the beautiful adage of Swami, which pretty much sums up the entire Bhagavad Gita, which is head in the forest and hands in the society. Swami never wanted us to escape from the world. In fact, today there is no space placed where we can escape from and go and, you know, meditate. But can we keep our head in the forest while we are having our hands in society? In fact, this is what even Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita says, Maam Anusmara Yuddhacha. Right? He says, you think about me and fight the battle. So that is what, that is the surest formula that Swami is giving us to overcome the stress. If we are able to keep our mind in that, in that location, like Vatavriksha, while the hands are engaged in, in all the duties and the works and the responsibilities, we will be able to actually experience their truest peace. Absolutely. I mean, so we have to get on to this path of sadhana, get on to this path of dhyana, where we can uh, create that Vatavriksha within us and experience yes. Prashanti. Yes, if you are in Prashanti, if you have the opportunity to be here, definitely you should go there and experience that bliss. But take that with you and recreate that in your homes. And that is the reason why in Dhyana Vahini, Bhagwan lays down certain prerequisite, prerequisites for doing dhyana, how we should do dhyana, what are the things that you should be very, very clear about 
when you decide to walk on this path and i would really recommend that uh, for any kind of doubts you know this is this is the this is the bible for all the uh, sai devotees and you know that one we must be able to read this i think the least of you know anything yeah. <laughs> whether we practice dhyana or not yeah. i think let us spend some time in reading dhyana vahini because it pretty much covers every single topic uh, which is necessary for a sadhaka and i guess whoever has stress automatically you qualify to undertake the sadhana of dhyana <laughs> yeah absolutely so some of the things that uh, bhagwan mentions in dhyana vahini uh, if you decide to do dhyana swami says you have to ensure that you maintain the same time yes you have to do early in the morning possibly before 6 o'clock and once you decide a time stick to it don't compromise on that so same time every day yeah and especially i think what we need to remember over here is uh, swami would always mention about this you know the 4 to 8 in the morning and 4 to 8 in the evening are the satvik periods yes. of the day yes uh, so doing dhyana during these times uh, 4 to 8 in the morning yes. or 4 to 8 in the yes. evening uh, it would be an ideal time to do dhyana and i think it's it's more like you know why swami focuses so much on the same time it's like an appointment absolutely yeah you wouldn't want to go imagine you're having an appointment with a with a top ceo or with your boss you definitely wouldn't like to go you know late for that meeting isn't it here is a time when you're having an appointment with your lord you know who the is the ceo of the universe the ceo of the universe <laughs> yes yeah. the only executive officer in fact <laughs> he's not the chief the only executive <laughs> officer of the universe yeah. so you would want to be yes. on time every time Exactly. so that's the important absolutely important i mean uh, if if you want to go into detail uh, every point that swami has mentioned uh, that would be a huge uh, discussion by itself because swami is talking about having satvik food yes swami is uh, saying that we should be on empty stomach you know basically once you're on the path of sadhana there are so many things uh, that uh, you have to do not just during that time when you're doing dhyana but in your daily life correct so, because i think dhyana in many ways is a culmination of all of that yes. isn't it it is it is it's a preparation that you need to put in for the re- for the entire day yeah. so whether it is time whether it is space you know swami says that even try and fix up a particular place where you do the dhyana yes. be always in comfortable clothing yes. not too tight yes. because you know your breathing has to be uh, very rhythmic and very harmonious So Swami talks about time, place, uh, uh, clothing, posture. Posture. Yes. yes. Um, you know, Swami would often say that have a straight back, as straight and tall as possible, yes. and as steady as possible. Yes. So while the rest of your body may be, you may be sitting. It's not necessary that you have to always be in Padmasana. While the, all of, uh, Padmasana yes. would be the ideal posture to be in. but uh, just being steady and having a tall back yes. that is another thing yes. as you mentioned satvik food food yes and one thing that i noticed uh, when i was reading dhyanavahini is swami is continuously stressing on one important characteristic and that is cheerful attitude, attitude yes it's like swami saying if you are sitting for dhyana there should be that beautiful gentle smile on your face not just on your face in your entire being i think that is something uh, um i feel is so so important and i think you know it's it's swami's beauty isn't it how such a sweet lord we have that he has gone to that extent to tell us that smile 
all you need to do is to bring that smile on your face because the moment you bring that smile on the face automatically the entire body resonates with that kind of joy and in fact to just to add to that uh, often times we consider you know doing any spiritual kind of sadhana means you know seriousness and Swami would always label that as castor oil face you know uh, so the having a cheerful attitude is an outcome of dhyana it is also a prerequisite for dhyana so whenever we sit for dhyana whenever we sit for meditation let us automatically bring on our uh, you know force ourselves to smile and slowly and sh- but surely as we you know get used to that you will notice that the rest of your life will also become a smile you know and i think smile is the sure shot way to express that peace yeah uh, the, you know express that peace to everyone around absolutely imagine if you all the time meet a person you know people around you are all the time serious yeah you can <laughs> you will automatically be stressed yes so you are <laughs> contributing to the stress of someone else yes. yeah. simply by not giving him that simplest in fact this reward. is exactly what swami says in dhyana vaini don't make the world sadder <laughs> exactly by your dhyana your dhyana should make the world happier exactly. it should bring more smiles in you and in and around you yes and i think that is something uh, that i feel uh, we should never ever miss dhyana is not serious business dhyana is happy business yes and i think this should become a signature of all sai devotees yes. which is to have a smile on our face yes right if that can in fact that is one of the in in 1965 when swami was handing out the first set of sevadal badges to the you know the first set of sevadals he said one thing along with your badge that you must wear on your body is a smile Whoever comes into Prashanti Nilayam must be able to see that smile, that joy radiating from within, and that comes in the probably in the beginning it may even be something which is forced upon, but eventually it will become a part and parcel of our being and our character. Absolutely. In fact, I may I am reminded of a conversation that I had uh, with a Sai youth from South Africa, probably five years ago, and this sister. when i asked her what is your most favorite spot in prashantinilayam if you come to prashantinilayam where will you want to go first and she said meditation tree wow. and she was probably 15 16 years old and i was like really shocked <laughs> i said sure you want to go to meditation tree she said yes why and she says see i work uh, for this company and uh, probably she's finished her graduation and already got into job she needed to work and she says that you know one day when i was in the office there was a phone call i picked the call on on the other end someone said that hello your car is stolen your car is stolen and she says when i heard that yes immediately i was sh- shaken but in in a few seconds i got back my composure like i was absolutely calm so my colleagues asked what happened and i said no <laughs> they say that my car is stolen and everyone around said your car is stolen what are you sitting here so calmly how can you be like this you do you even realize your car is gone and in south africa it's not easy to get back a thing uh, like that you know it's not easy to sort it out she says it doesn't matter I know Swami is in charge. I know it will just it will just get sorted out. I'm not, you know, going to be disturbed at all. She was very very calm. 
and I asked her, how did you get this much of equanimity? You are just 16. You know, it was like a monk who was 16, that kind of equanimity she was, you know, you could see in her, on her face. And she said, Okay, dear listeners, so this is end of part two. So next week we'll hear what she has to say. Saram to you all. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.